You're listening to Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, a podcast about life through the lens of music. Welcome to the show. I'm Jay Mack in St. Louis. Hey, and this is Sam Wade calling in from On the Road. We've got an incredible episode. We've got a very special guest that we're going to talk to here in a minute. But before we get to that, I'd just like to tell everybody, remind everybody that a new episode drops every Wednesday on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. We've got a Facebook page, facebook.com slash two tape decks. Love getting feedback and messages. And plus, every Saturday, a B-side drops where we talk about something random, maybe not necessarily music-related, but let's just say we get squirrely. And it's a smaller clip, maybe five to ten minutes. It's it's a bite-sized morsel of two tape decks goodness. Sam, introduce our guest. J-Mac, I am stoked to introduce this week's guest. He's a one-man band, singer-songwriter, and producer based in L.A., His first EP, Brave, was recently released and features a deceivingly minimalist sound that blends pop, jazz, R&B, and rock. We're so excited to discuss his process and talk about this music. Everybody, welcome to the show, Talker Fields. Say what's up, Talker. What's happening, everybody? Thanks for having me. Our listeners can't see, but you got some really cool shades on. Really cool shades. (laughs) Thank you, man. So let's talk about music here, guys. First of all, Sam, how do you know Talker? You know, we've worked together on on quite a few things, and you know, I just thought it would be really awesome to to bring you on the show, Talker, and just talk about this uh, this this new EP that you dropped. I'm curious to know how you put this thing together. You know, because I hear a lot of different influences coming in here. Do you want to talk about somehow what your process was to put this together? Yeah. And then, you know, and then maybe maybe we should listen to a track and just let let everybody hear what you're up to. For sure, man. Uh, I would love that. Where are you coming from? Like, what's your, your thought process about this? Uh, I mean, we're at a good point right now uh, with this this interview, because like right now, like at this point, exactly. Um, I'm going through a big kind of I don't want to say change, like a shift in how I write my music. But mm. this last you know, uh, writing everything for my, my EP, Brave Volume 1. A lot of those songs, I, I don't even know, man. This the, the reason why I'm trying to, like, pull everything together and, and have a more, like, refined writing uh, process now is because everything, you know, all, all five tunes on that, that EP, they kind of came from different places and in different ways. And uh, I'm sure you guys know how it is, is writing music. is is Or maybe you don't, but for me, like, um, I, I felt like I was kind of pulling these these songs from all over the place, and, and no defined the uh, process of writing. Them. But you know, it was the, the whole point of um, titling it what it is. You know, great uh, is that mm-hmm. uh, I was ready to sort of get together this hodgepodge of, of of songs that I've written in different ways, and just like you know, be brave about it and put them out there, and and just see. You I know, dig from, that. From this, then I can see like. What, what are the songs people like, you know, and mm-hmm. I can look at, you know, how I write it that, excuse me, how I wrote that and then think about, you know, taking it from there. But yeah, I mean, it, the, the, it, it was different for every song. <laughs> well, I, you know, even when you, when you dropped a single um, last year, yeah. uh, at least I'm trying. That's right. And, yeah. and, and with that, that one was like, it's just really catchy. It gets stuck in your head that hook. At, at least I'm trying. Uh-huh. And, we uh, at some point we got to talk about these videos that you've been producing to put with these songs too, because um, <laughs> yeah, they're just sure. really really fun. 
Um, but with that song, you know, you, you had like this real, it seems stripped down in a good way, mm. which is really popular right now in mm. pop music. But you kind of work in like all these different layers of things. I can hear stuff coming in from like jazz elements. Sure. Um, I can hear some some trap stuff in there sometimes, sure. Um, sure. some R&B riffs and stuff. Here's a good question. Is there a, is there a song on this Brave EP that, that is like your favorite out of the ones that, that you put out? I think I have a favorite for this EP. Um, I mean, it changes, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny. It's- <laughs> yeah, because song, uh, songs are like your kids, right? <laughs> That's right, exactly. It's like it's like uh, I always talk about it like uh, it's like sending my kids off to college. Like you know, <laughs> I've, I've done everything I can up to this point to like you know make them grow as much as they can and get them as fleshed out. But like you know, once you release them and put them out there, they just kind of go off and they start having their own lives. And uh, yeah, like you said, man, it's like having having kids, and sometimes one song performs. Uh, better this week we've got the track purple stains that we're going to play on the show here sorry to give our listeners an idea of, of what you sound like yeah this is uh, my song purple stains it's uh it's a song about um well it's really about an inside joke check it out Something, something 
Three words, talker. Trippy as hell, brother. I, I love it. I <laughs> love it. I it's so mellow and groovy. I, I feel. It. I feel like. Yeah. I feel like I just need to kick back with a glass of wine by the pool, or just. I don't know, man. It felt like it took me somewhere. Oh, good. I'm glad that that makes me very happy to hear. Dude, I love the change up there at the end too. How it just goes with this cut time as the fade happens. Um, you know, I think I think you and I actually were talking about uh, this this grunge band like a couple months ago called the Toadies, right? They've got a lot of moments or even whole riffs where it just sort of goes in and out of like a regular time signature, right? Like they just mm-hmm. didn't care about that stuff. It was just grunge, right? As long as it has like a a kind of like pumping, you know, like trashy. I don't know, trashy almost sound to it, like. Uh, that's just something I admired about them, and I was listening to them a lot at the time when I was like writing this song and bringing it around. So I I don't know where that came from. That that sort of outro part, like I'm not really sure where I got the idea for that, but I kind of think that's it. <laughs> well, I, you know, wherever the idea came from, I think it really suits the song because you know one of the one of the tricks of producing, and you know, and I just want to point out again that you produce your own stuff is that is that right that's correct yeah one of the tricks of of uh producing is to is to keep the ear uh interested as the song progresses and that change up specifically just kind of like comes out of nowhere but it fits the song and then to like fade out after that i'm like what what is going on here i think that's super cool um so wherever you pulled that from out of the ether i'm glad that you had the bravery to really take that and to really push that into the song so that it would go like i I just i just really dig it man i I think i think what you're doing is really fresh thank you man i appreciate that i i I try and just keep it fresh to me like that's the number one audience member really is myself like you know i i uh uh as long as because like you know how it is when you're writing a song i mean at least for me i tend to listen to it over and over and over right like trying to figure out where should this go? How do I think this should sound and stuff like that? So like when I'm writing stuff, I'm really just trying to make sure I'm happy. And, uh, you know, I gotta, I have to keep my own, <laughs> my own uh, ear entertained. And, you know, I'm a young person. I got a short attention span. So. The Toadies are famous for that song, Possum Kingdom, if I'm not mistaken. And that's got a really strange time signature. I remember I used to play that song live. And if you missed one yeah. beat, you were screwed, man. We lost the beat the first time we <laughs> yeah, played it live. And I looked around and the drummer was like, I'm not stopping, keep going. But yeah, that's the thing about the Toadies. And I yeah, feel yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like maybe that's where you pulled a little bit of it from. I do love, it's just a switch up. It, it kind of turns into a different thing at the end. It does keep people, I think Sam uses the term earworm. It kind of works its way into yeah. your brain. And then, then at the end, it just kind of flips the script. I love it. What, what a trippy, trippy ass awesome. song. And that's the thing, too. Like when I listen to um, and again, I want to encourage our listeners to go and check out your EP um, Brave Volume One and just really spend some time with it, because there's some layers in the music that you might not catch all the stuff the first listen through. You know, the more that you kind of let it sink in, you're going to find that there's some stuff, some really kind of intricate things uh, laying underneath the surface that you'll kind of tune into on uh, repeat listens. And that's not an easy thing to accomplish. So uh, I think that's super cool. And, you know, it makes me wonder about um, some of your influences. Like what's some of your like, where are you drawing from? Like what's what's the kind of music that really makes you tick? Like what do you what do you love to put on? And, like, just listen to on repeat, man. 
you know, since you mentioned uh, some of the production on there, I got to give a quick shout out to uh, one of my longtime friends and collaborators, Louis Dillard. Uh, you know, he kind of pushed me. Uh, I, I wrote and produced all the songs, but um, he was a guy who mixed and mastered all of them. And he's just a phenomenally talented. You know, he's got a real track record in the industry. You know, he's a real dude. And, and he helped me, uh, you know, sort of be brave enough to, like, put some of that stuff on there. Um, and, right on. And, and uh, really just think about uh, building up the production level like that. But uh, to answer your question, as far as my influences go, man, it's, it really depends on the day and the weather. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, as, I, as we're, where we're sitting right now, like on my wall, I have the framed vinyls for like a Steely Dan record, a Beck record, you know, Bobby Brown, and then a couple rappers. Like, you know, it's, it's really like... <laughs> That just described your music perfectly, man. I guess so. <laughs> I love that. So which Beck record do you have hanging there? Because, you know, that's a perfect example to bring up when you're talking about all these different influences, because he has, he dips into so many different styles. Like yes. you got like Sea Change, which is like the hugely influenced by like Serge Gainsbourg and kind of like this real trippy, groovy stuff that was happening in the 60s. And uh -huh. then you can go into like Midnight Vultures, which is just this oh. crazy, like, R&B, twisted R&B, hip-hop kind of a record. So which Beck record is hanging there? When I w had the idea to hang a Beck record on my wall, um, yeah. I wanted it to be Midnight Vultures. Uh, that's my. That's like, hands down, when that album came out, I was in like fourth grade or something, and it was just something nice. Um, but so I wanted to put that on my wall, but I looked up, uh, I went to Google and typed in Midnight Vultures vinyl, and like the cheapest one is like 500 bucks. I know. Wow. It's insane, man. Wow. It's insane. I've been looking for some of his vinyls for so long, man. Yeah. It's crazy. So I, I went and got, uh, I got Odalay, which is probably, you know, that's like my runner up. That's one of his, you know, most yeah. famous records, I think. So Two turntables and a microphone, right? That's right, man. That, that was a defining sound for him. Um, you know what? Actually, like, I think it's perfect timing like in my uh my music career to kind of like look at that album again because i i'm kind of at this moment i think i mentioned it earlier uh as we were talking but i'm kind of at this moment where i'm, I'm switching it up as, as far as my uh yeah production and, and writing goes and you know an album like odalay for beck you kind of can't talk about that record without talking about how he linked up with the producers for that album. It was the Dust Brothers, where these these two mm. DJs who helped them kind of put all these sounds together. And um, you know, for me, like this is the first time I'm releasing my own music, and so I'm right also on. like this is the first time I kind of have the confidence to uh, uh, kind of work with somebody else. Like I didn't for 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 Brave Volume One, I didn't have that kind of confidence. It was sort of yeah. like these songs were all written in isolation. And like just stuff that I want to hear and stuff that sounds good in my head. But, you know, kind of like how Beck kind of went from doing the sort of solo, like acoustic guitar folk guy thing. He started working with other producers. And, you know, that for me right now, I'm, I have finally have the confidence to like, you know, collaborate with other people and, and share my voice and stuff like that. So this is kind of a kind of kind of a, a good point in my career to like sort of pump the brakes and take a look back at records like that that I enjoy. You can't really get a, get a good read on what your influences are. It's, it's, it's a clever sleight of hand. I love it. I think that's okay. Uh, sometimes I worry about that, to be honest with you. Like, as far as, like, marketability goes, I kind of feel like if I had 
some some clearly defined like oh this guy is a folk artist or oh this guy is a R&B artist I feel like if I had a really clearly defined like label you could slap on it that would be good for my career but at the same time I don't really care about that so dude I totally feel you right there that's <laughs> I, I I mean that's you know with my own music uh it's it's always hard because he's like you're pulling all these things because you know what I'm hearing from both of us or from all of us here in this uh in this forum is that you know we love so many different styles of music i think that there's a you know again a tremendous amount of courage and bravery to let other influences come in um from a wide range of spectrum and then be able to digest that and then let that influence your own art um is is super cool man and i agree with jmac that like your your ability to kind of weave those things in throughout throughout the music is part of what I'm talking about when I'm saying like, there's so many layers that as you listen to it and kind of let it kind of get inside you, it kind of reveals itself to you in like different ways. So I think you're onto something, man. And I'm, I'm super excited to see what this new writing process is going to turn out too. Like, do you have like a full length in the works? Are you talking about like an EP? Like what's, what are you looking at right now? Can you even tell at this point? Yeah. Um, So, so, I mean, I guess the way I've, been approaching this new writing process it's just kind of like trying to make it a bit more i guess voice centered i i think i don't i don't know how other people write their songs and stuff like that but for me it kind of it often comes like the, the music the instrumental will come first and then afterwards in my head i'll think of a melody or something you know like i'll listen to the instrumental and and see whatever whatever melodies come to my head and then that'll be it but going forward i found that like I'm able to kind of produce a more natural sound, a more, a more a sound that feels more natural and comfortable to me if I try and do both at the same time. And instead of instead of trying to like flesh out an instrumental first and then add the vocals, if I, you know, start an instrumental, start working on it, and then just like in that beginning process of making it like record some scratch vocals. Maybe they sound terrible and I embarrass myself listening to it, but like, you know, I've learned that that's also kind of just part of the process, right? You know, sometimes when you're doing demos, when you're doing um, scratch vocals, this and that, like I used to be a perfectionist and and be like, you know, every time I step up to the microphone or whatever, it's gotta be perfect. But I think in the writing process, I'm learning there's gotta be some room for a little bit of embarrassment, you know, like you're not going to show everybody the, the bad takes, right? Like right. what you show everybody is a polished, finished thing. But, you know, in that writing process, I'm getting used to kind of uh, rolling around in the mud a little bit, so to speak. I like the term guide vocal. I love that term. Scratch vocal sounds uh-huh. like you're, you're not really trying. Uh, but guide, uh-huh. I mean, you, and here's the thing you are trying, but it's not, it's not the final takes. So I like guide vocal. It gives, it gives a more, like a more professional gloss. It's like, this is, this is just, <laughs> this is just a placeholder. I mean, and, and, yeah. and, and that's, that's a great way to do it because honestly, when you're focusing on the music first, the, the vocal is kind of the last, that's the way I do it. The vocal is kind of the last icing on the cake. But you got to get a guide to, to know where you're going. So yeah, I mean, I would say I would say don't knock yourself at all for doing a quote scratch vocal. That's what it's for. It's to gets to figure out where the song is going and give you an idea where the instrumentation goes. I would like to ask, what is your main instrument? Because I hear some really fucking cool guitar tones on that on that on on, on the stuff I've heard from you. Um, I uh, I grew up. Uh, I guess the guitar was my first instrument, but 
um, around my, when I turned like 16, 17, I got really into piano and uh, for, for a couple of years. Well, that's actually, I studied that in, in college for a bit, uh, jazz piano performance. And then for, for a couple of years, I was in DC um, kind of doing the sort of cocktail lounge piano type stuff. And I got to sing back up in like an R&B band. And that was sort of a couple of years where I got to uh, cut my teeth just doing like, you know, kind of random stuff. Just like uh, someone would ask, hey, uh, are you free this Saturday at, at, at 12? We need somebody to jump in on this thing. And I would say, yeah, sure, whatever. And, uh, and that's sort of like, so, so pianos, I would say, I guess, uh, pianos, sort of my, my, the instrument I'm most serious about. But like, you know, I'm, obviously these days, I'm just trying to make tunes all together. Yeah, dude, it shows. I want to know more about this reggae band. Was this like a roots reggae band, like dance hall or everything, like dub? Like what What kind of stuff were you doing? Yeah, so the band was called, in, in, uh, they were called Lucky Dub, which I think was uh, based off of, there's an old, uh, a famous dance hall singer named Lucky Dubé. And mm-hmm. uh, so this band, I, I kind of joined it late, so I wasn't around in the, the formation of it. But it was, it was really, this really awesome thing. Um, spearheaded by this guy named Gordon Daniels, who was like killing it right now as, as a front man. Um, right but, on. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I just kind of, I had a lot of friends who were in it. There was a lot of like other jazz players who were in it. You know, a lot of this, like at any time, there'd be like, what, like 10 to 15 people in the band on stage. Wow. Yeah. in like horn sections and, uh, you know, we had a drummer plus a couple different percussionists and then backup singers and then a keyboardist and so we'd be playing all these little clubs that were really meant for like punk rock bands. Uh, and then be like, you know, 11 of us on stage crammed together. But, um, <laughs> but people love that, man. I mean, and, and I, I relate to that myself. You're in the crowd when you're in the crowd at a show and the whole stage is packed and the band's having a good time, then you're in the crowd and you're having a good time. Yeah. It's just a blast, man. So yeah. It's so um, cool hearing like so many different like genres and bands that you know you're playing a jazz band, you're playing a reggae band, you're playing an R&B band. What a way to cut your teeth just mm-hmm. to kind of like experiment with so many different styles and just kind of like I mean, I think it shows in your work uh in my opinion like um in the way that you executed some of the stuff on this last EP, it makes me excited to see what you're going to do in this next one too. Cause I, I feel like uh, as you're tapping into this new style that you're talking about, this new uh, writing approach, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's really curious to me to me to see what the finest product is, is going to be like. Me too, man. Uh, I, I can say one thing with certainty though, is like, I've already, you know, I've been writing songs now quicker than ever because now I'm not so like, I'm not so like scared to sort of lay vocals down. It's all kind of happening at the same time. So mm-hmm. with like finishing full songs quicker than I ever have in my life. And um, it's just interesting to kind of look back at it. It's super fun. It's interesting to look at the songs I'm completing and going like, you know, like, I don't know. I'm surprised sometimes to hear what comes out. So <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> That's cool. Where do you get the inspiration for your lyrics? Your, your lyrics are odd. I'm going to say I love it because they're odd. They're little, they're little screwball. Mm. I love it. Uh, where, where does that come from? Because for me, when I write a screwball song, I have to kind of try to, you, you, you seem very effortless in the way you can just kind of put lyrics together. Mm-hmm. It sounds effortless, which is a compliment. The, is, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It is very effortless to me. And I think, I think that's because, um, the songs all make sense to me. And then what, what I find out is that when, you know, my friends and family and, and fans hear the songs, like, 
everybody has a different interpretation of what the song means. And that was never necessarily my intention. But as I've grown up and as I've, you know, sort of gone about life and interacted with people, I find that sometimes that's just sort of how I am. Like, uh, sometimes I, I say something that I think is very clear and, and makes a lot of sense to people. And then people kind of look at me like, huh? <laughs> uh, and I, I think that's just sort of, that, that's sort of the, the place from where I'm writing songs. It's like the only way I know how to communicate. <laughs> so I, I find that, uh, you know, people um, sometimes everybody has a different interpretation of what the songs mean, but I actually find that that gives me some freedom because then it, it's like, I can kind of be as open as I want to about certain things and people might still not even directly understand what I'm saying. Sometimes there's stuff I want to share with people, but sometimes there's stuff I just want to get off my chest. Absolutely. That's, there's an, there's an art to being yeah. able to write something that meant that, encapsulates emotion and feeling yeah. without necessarily spelling it out like okay i came home and and i got mad because my kid <laughs> left a hot wheel on, on the mat you mean or whatever whatever it is that's right, bothering right. you there's an art to that and i really i i find your your lyrics flow so much with your music it's almost hard to separate the two awesome that's that's so great to hear i'm glad you feel that way well how do you guys let me let me ask you guys this i mean this is a songwriting podcast like yeah. for example sam well, uh, i mean do you guys when you're writing songs does it kind of come together at once like lyrics and, and music or is it one before the other or how do you guys that's a really interesting question you know um one of the things that i really related to that you mentioned earlier is talking about these scratch vocals or these guide vocals mm -hmm. um I do this thing i don't know if you can if you guys can relate to this um but i do this thing when i'm when I'm writing, like if it's a song where I have like a riff or like an, like an instrumental first, mm -hmm. I'll just do this thing where I, I just kind of sing like this weird gibberish over the top. Yep. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah. it's, it's more about like kind of finding where like the syllables would fit in with the lyrics uh -huh. and just, and just exactly. I don't want to think too hard about what I'm trying to say with it. Um, because the music feels so good. Like I, f I feel like there's, there's a, a real importance in making sure that the music feels good right. first. Right. So, you know, my, my girlfriend calls it uh, Sam speak. Like that's kind of like the, <laughs> which is kind of, which is kind of fun, but like, like if you listen to it, it's like this gibberish. I've done this for years yeah. and it's actually really useful because sometimes uh, when I listen back to like, if I record like a voice memo, I'll go back and listen to it. And it sounds like I said a word and I'll be like, Oh, it sounds like I said this. And then that'll spur an idea. And then sometimes <laughs> it'll turn into something else. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, you, know, uh... you know, there, there are times too, where I like, I'll just, write out some lyrics first like a um you know like a full song and then like write the music to it but that that's not always how it happens you know right it's actually uh so it's, when you said that it reminded me and i do the same thing i sort of just do uh almost yeah. like jazz scat where you're like scuba -doo 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 -doo, you know exactly kind of yeah uh, but uh so there was uh, i think in the past like two or three years uh kanye west uh leaked one of his own songs that was just like him doing scratch vocals and it was like the most hilarious thing it's, it's funny to see that even people at like the, the upper echelon of like you know celebrity yeah. do this stuff and he released a song where um the lyrics were just him doing scratch stuff and he's just going 
Poopity scoop. Poopity scoop. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scoopity poopy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, right? And, and you know, this, I'm not going to lie. Like, it sounds kind of crazy, but when I heard that, I was kind of like, a part of me was like, okay, other people do that too. Like, yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> Um, and that and that really goes into like having the courage to kind of see it through as well. Like, mm. I think when you're you, you mentioned perfectionism earlier, mm. and I think that that's a really good thing to bring up, especially for any other aspiring songwriters that are listening to this episode and experienced songwriters to boot. It's like it, it is one of the things that is just a hallmark when it comes to like trying to create something. Right. Don't judge it too harsh when it's in flux. You know, I mean, you kind of have to like be willing to play the fool. I saw this video recently um, with uh, Ethan Hawke and look it up. It was like right. a quick TED talk thing. They're saying, hey, have, have, have you seen this video that I'm talking about? No, I haven't. I'm not seeing it. Dude, you got to look it up. I'll send it to okay. you. And it's this video. It's just like a 15 minute thing where he's talking about um, creativity and and inspiration and kind of the overarching thing is like being willing to 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 be like kind of this you know he calls it playing the fool it's like letting something be in flux and kind of being like just weird and silly and stupid and letting it kind of like take shape over time hmm. okay so look when michelangelo would look at a piece of marble you know mm -hmm. there's a story he would like stare at a piece of marble for days before you would start carving. And it's like about this idea of like knowing that you have these raw materials for it and then kind of chipping away at it. Sometimes it's like archeology span or like paleontology. Like you're, you're just brushing away the dust and letting it become its thing. It's not gonna be like fun to look at or right, hear right, right. while you're creating it, right? Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I, I think that's really good advice actually. I'm glad you brought that up because like I said, I mean, that's where I am exactly like right now in my process. And I feel like that's what I have to do, man. It's just like, let it be okay with it not being perfect at it, right. anywhere in the process. I mean, it might not, it's probably not even going to be, you're not going to feel as perfect when it's done. Even, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's um, never done for me. <laughs> and so, yeah, exactly. So, but that's something, I mean, it's hard for me. It's like very hard. I'm, I'm, that's my, my big hurdle right now. It's just, you know, get used to while while you're making while you're sort of demoing the song while you're making these guide vocals and all that stuff. You know, just get used to like it's not going to sound perfect, and that's right. it's it's a real battle. For you. I mean, I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Well, well, my my approach has always been the emotion is the important thing in the song, whether it's an angry song or a happy song or a sad song. So I yeah. might I might sing lyrics that I don't want ever want anybody to hear, but they're the melt the melody is the most important thing. Get the melody down, and then worry about crafting the lyrics. Maybe you'll stumble upon mm -hmm. some good lyrics in the process of of emoting. I've done demos, and unless you're the Beatles, nobody really wants to hear your your outtakes of you stumbling around and trying to come up with something. But yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, in fact, yeah, that's, that's a good point. In fact, I've let people hear demos, and they get this sour look on their face. And I'm like, wait, it, it, you don't understand. It's not finished. I stop letting people hear demos because they judge the song oh. based on the 
ridiculous things that I might be saying or yeah. or not saying or Been not there. not in tune quite. Yeah. So yeah, I totally get it. Been there. <laughs> it's 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 a chalkboard. It's like you can erase it. It's like it's a blackboard. That's what that's what demos are. You or or guide vocals or scratch vocals. They're they're a blackboard that you can get your eraser out and erase it off and go, okay, I got the melody. That's the most important thing. Now I gotta get the lyrics. So yeah, I totally feel you. Yeah, I mean, I stopped. Uh, I stopped showing demos to people. I, 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 with my my musician friends. I I can show them demos yep. and they understand. Like this is a demo, but uh, I stopped showing. I think several years ago, I, I showed one of my best friends who's not a musician. I, I showed him a demo of a song where, you know, like things are pitchy. I'm still figuring it out. I'm still singing some, uh, you know, like sort of placeholder words and stuff like that. And uh, he sent me back a list of like. I asked in fairness. <laughs> I asked him for his opinion. I said, what do you think about it? But it's a demo, but, but it's a demo. So don't go, just understand, like this is in the final song. And he sent me back a list of like, oh, well, I think you could work on the lyrics or maybe this part <laughs> and the pitch here. And I was like, I told you it was a demo. What did you get about? <laughs> you know, like, no, I was they- like overly, you know, but it's, I learned at that point, it's like, it, it, you're right. Unless you're the Beatles, like, don't nobody want to hear your demos, man. That's just how it is. Yeah, I mean, some of their demos are terrible. Oh yeah, I mean, you go through the anthology; they're they're <laughs> off key, it's off time, it's 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 nonsense yeah. lyrics. But once again, if it's if John Lennon's talking about something, you're gonna listen. But that's why non musicians do not understand the word demo. It's like it's a demonstration. It's like the the mm-hmm. outline, like a sentence outline when you're in school. It's an outline to the song. And maybe everything will be replaced in the in the in the long run, but they don't get that. So you can't let them hear because be like, oh, the bass is not strong enough, and your lyrics suck, and I don't like the guitar tone, and yeah. why is it why is the drum track so mu- yeah. boring? It's like, yes. no, you don't understand. Then you got to go through your process of your process, and that just wastes everybody's time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you go through the process of your own process, yep. and then. And then it's a, right. it's a whole other thing. <laughs> then you got to explain yeah. your process. And, and then, and, and and then that's you the thing, too, is like, you know, I've learned it's it's some <laughs> it's it's true. And it's actually kind of not fair too. like yeah. if someone's not in that wavelength of creating that you listen to, and you get wait, waiting for feedback and then you get all like hurt about it. And you're like, take you, you internalize it like, yeah, it's it's all about, you know, uh, about creating that that finished product. And and especially like looking at perfectionism, sometimes like it's never over right like i still listen back to recordings that i've released and i'm like well i could have done that better but that's the thing is like you just keep making like don't get too hung up on it just fix it in the next version you know fix it in the next song you know and that's that's kind of the magic of it too is like letting it grow and kind of like seeing seeing where it can take it and like what inspires you to do the next thing that's well, kind of exactly. the, the cool thing about it. Well, you yeah, mentioned yeah, exactly. Michelangelo, yeah. Sam. It's it's the equivalent of Michelangelo calling people in when he's taken like a couple chunks out of the marble. He's like, see, there's the face, there's the nose. <laughs> and they're like, it looks like crap. <laughs> what is this? This is terrible. I'm paying you for this shit. Yeah, I mean it's oh, right, exactly. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like you right. you can't let you can't let them in on the secret process because they won't get it and they'll think it all sucks and then and then they won't want to hear the final verse. I already heard that song. It sucks. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Where do you find your music? Where do they where do they connect with you to see what's 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 going on in in uh, Talkerville, if I can say that? Talk World. Uh yeah, that's a, I'm so glad you asked that question. So uh, you can look up Talker Fields. I'm on every single streaming platform. You can go to talkerfields.com. I'm on TikTok, I'm on Twitter, I'm wherever you could imagine a musician needs to be in the 21st century. <laughs> right on. 
if there's any um, aspiring songwriters listening to this right now, I guess guess what I want to what I would want to communicate to you is what we sort of finished off uh, talking about, and that's uh, you know it's okay to let yourself sort of play the fool a little bit. You know, it's it's okay to to demo things and realize it doesn't sound perfect, but you have to just kind of see it through and and have the courage, you know, the bravery yourself to sort of do that. You know, I hope everybody listening, including myself, can just sort of continue to do that. For two tape decks and a mixing board, my name is Jay Mack. And I'm Sam White. And I'm Tucker Fields. Saying until next week, stay Stay cosmic. cosmic!